Hello, and welcome to another episode of We Don't Wanna. This is the podcast where we really don't wanna. In every episode, we'll be taking a very reluctant journey through a series that one of us loves, and the other, well, that's where the reluctancy comes in. I am Zach, and this is Scott. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm good. How are you, pal? I'm doing good, man. Been been doing real good. Excited yeah. to talk about this with you. Yeah, yeah. you. Uh, you I, I liked your intro there, man. You really nailed that one. Good job. Oh, thanks, pal. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. I am excited. I guess to get into these these chapters here. I I, I feel like I have to start out. I have to issue a formal retraction and apology uh, to you, Zach, and, and our audience. Okay. Last last week, I said this book was so far aggressively mediocre. Okay. And I was I was wrong. I have a feeling this is going to be bad. This book is actually just bad. This book oh, is not aggressively fuck. mediocre. This book has turned just bad, just not good, just not have. I'm. St- <laughs> I'm straight up not having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Scott! Zachary, Scott, why? you assured me that this book was—I uh, believe your exact words were—the best thing to ever happen to humanity. Shut the better fuck than up. sex. Better than the best food you can think of. Uh, you will have a religious-like experience while reading this book. He he didn't actually say any of those things, but he did say this was a good book. I'm I'm not feeling it right now, pal. I I hate to like rain on the parade right out of the start, but boy, yeah. I feel like you, you Zach looks sick. If you guys can see, <laughs> Zach looks like he just I don't swallowed even know a what bug. To say. And now he's just straight up not having a good time. I'm just this. straight up not having a good time. Yeah. Um, I hate to drop this bombshell on you, buddy, but... What what chapters are we going over today? We So, I think last time I said my plan was to, since there were 12 chapters left in the book, I was going to split it. Four chapters, three episodes. Um, I'm not going to lie. I did more than that. Um, we're actually just going to hit five here. There was part of me that just wanted to rush through and try and fit six in so I could get this book done in two episodes instead of three, but I knew you would kill me if I tried to do that. Yes. So I, I we're going to do five. We're going to do chapters 11 through 15 today. Okay. Okay. Um, Let yeah. me, uh... Man, I uh I'm real heartbroken right I now. I know. I know. And like I said, I hate to drop here a little little inside baseball here for you folks. Um Zach and I really make a concerted effort to not text each other about like what we're going over for the week for the podcast cuz we're trying to save our, you know, raw reactions uh for for the podcast here. It, it took a considerable effort for me not to text you and just be like, yo, what the fuck is with this book, bro? Oh, man, that hurts. 
Um, I mean, I am, I am, of course, always willing to have these conversations with sure. you, and I would love to know why. Sure. Which I'm sure I'm going to learn why. But um, man, I just, uh, I guess, I guess I thought I knew you better. You know? <sighs> maybe, 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 you know, maybe this is on me. Maybe I'm not in the right headspace for what you haven't been having a good past couple weeks. i have not had a last good last couple days specifically uh but i i don't know again maybe this is on me we we can get into it here and i'll i'll kind of hit you with some thoughts and again you know i reserve the right to retract and if the book makes a miraculous recovery in the final you know, seven chapters or whatever. Hey, I'll I'll be happy because I listened. I mean, I want to enjoy these books. I'm not trying to be an obstinate asshole and not enjoy what I'm reading. Uh, I I would love to enjoy what I'm reading because that's more fun. But yeah, let's <laughs> let's okay. jump in here. Um, where we last left off was the <laughs> the convenient overhearing of the conversation in Hogsmeade where we get the whole bombshell about Sirius Black being good friends with James and Lily Potter. You, now, you you liked, you enjoyed the last chapter. You said that was the only good chapter of that was of that probably batch. the Yeah, the best chapter. I mean, getting past the whole, like I talked about, the convenience of how many important conversations these fuckers overhear. Right. Um, getting past <laughs> yeah. that, uh, yes, like this was good. I mean, this was information we needed. Like, this was gotcha. some okay. good bombshells uh, there. Right. That's what I thought. Okay. To find out that stuff. Um, so, yeah, Black, obviously good friends with James and Lily Potter, was like best man in their wedding, betrayed him, and that's how they got killed, at least according to uh, Corny Fudge uh, and the rest. So, Chapter 11, uh, Harry's looking through that uh, photo album that our boy Hagrid gave to him, and he finds a picture of Black. Uh, at their wedding, I think. And, okay, okay, first of all, let me just say, I believe it's this chapter. This chapter is like a roller coaster, like, at least it was for me. Like, there was stuff I really enjoyed, and then it goes to, like, stuff I was like, what the fuck are we doing here? Anyway, we'll okay. we'll, get, we'll get into it. Um, But, yeah, this starts off really good. Like, Harry becomes, like, like, Harry seems like he's obsessed a little bit now about Black. He's, like, he says, like, he hates Black, I think. And, like, he just can't sleep because he's just, like, really just, like, furious and pissed off about Black. Um, Ron and Hermione can immediately tell that he looks, like, angry, that he's, like, not sleeping well. They say he looks bad. They, they're they trying to convince him not to do anything stupid, like, go after him. Um, and this is where Harry tells them, because he hadn't told them this previously, that when whenever he gets near a Nazgul that he hears his <laughs> mother dying. He yeah. he explains to Ron and Hermione, he's like, this is this is what happens, and this Black did this. I can hear my mother dying, and Black betrayed her, and my That's father. dark, man. That's yeah, heavy it's, stuff. it's some dark shit, and I, I was really into this. I was like, I can get behind a, like, vindictive, angry Harry, like, on a self-destructive path, because that's just, not that I want Harry to be self-destructive, but that's an interesting character arc, and I think it's it's very sure. real. Um, just like Sasuke. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully better than Sasuke, jeez. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm Jesus. kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, I hate Sasuke. But Harry, Harry, yeah, Harry is like, he says Azkaban isn't bad enough for Black. Uh, 
because I because specifically of what Corny said about apparently Azkaban and the uh, the <laughs> the Nazgul. I'm gonna accidentally say Dementors a couple times. I really made an effort to call them <laughs> Nazgul only because <laughs> I'm a dick. But <laughs> um, but yeah, Harry's like Azkaban is not affecting Black. It's not uh, you know, it's not bad enough for him. And Ron's like, well, you you don't want to like actually kill him. And Harry, like, doesn't really answer because it seems like he's not even sure. And it kind of seems like, yeah, no, he just straight up does want to murk black. Yeah. Um, we get a good uh, we get a good Ron line here. What's uh, that? Was I mean, just like a good friend friend line, really. Uh-huh. Like Harry says, Malfoy knows. He said abruptly. Remember what he said to me in potions. If it was me, I'd hunt him down myself. I'd want right. revenge. And Ron just hits him with a, you're going to take Malfoy's advice right. instead of ours? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, definitely. Um, Ron also mentions here that all that was left of Pettigrew for his family to find was a finger. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they're mentioning him being exploded into like a thousand pieces a lot. And I'm already wondering if there's more to this story, if maybe Pettigrew got away or something. I don't know. They're just they they seem to call attention to it a couple times specifically, and I'm just like, sure, mm, that's a little odd, but we shall see. Yeah, I, uh, I always took that as like like they they just are trying to show how bad. Yeah, and it could black be. is could be. Right. Um, they're they're basically pleading with him, Ron and Hermione, not to do anything because it's just what Black wants. But Harry seems pretty blinded by rage uh they decide to go and see hagrid um there's a good i just have a good line here as they're leaving the tower you always get the little sir cadigan uh interlude and the quote just here from him is stand and fight you yellow bellied mongrels (laughs) i I like sir cadigan (laughs) a lot oh man which reminds me um he reminds me so much of like the knights that we see in like Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Right. Yes. Uh, I I I was gonna mention when you asked me how I'm doing at the beginning of the episode. Uh-huh. I was gonna tell you I rewatched Holy Grail today. Oh, it's, it's so, so good. fucking good. It's dude. so funny. Yeah. It's I, so great. I can definitely see Sir uh, Sir Cadigan as like uh, is it is it Lancelot? Like La- is, uh, Lancelot. Yeah. yeah. Yep. The Lancelot type <laughs> character for sure. That's for so sure. funny. Um. And here's here's so I was I was super on board with this chapter and here's where it starts to go down a little bit. Uh, Hagrid they go to see Sagrid. Hagrid is sobbing because the ministry wants to put Buckbeak on trial and I just have here this is going to be another stupid dragon storyline, isn't it? Like from the first book, Fuck My Life, which you know I I did not enjoy. Um I want you to know that that uh a lot of fans like, like bought really into Buckbeak. Like, but Buckbeak was Why? just like, a, just he's just a cool beast, you know. Like it, we don't get a whole lot of like magical creatures that we get to like be super interactive with. So like, people just latched on to Buckbeak. There was literally a dragon in the first book. <sighs> yeah, but it was dumb. The dragon thing <laughs> I mean, was dumb. It was dumb. It was dumb. Look, I, I, because I, I see where you're going with this. Like, yes, they're gonna make a deal about the trial and and how that's like just not interesting to you. Oh yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> so, all right, whatever. Let's let's, let's anyway. Keep uh, so Haggard, ha- this is a little interesting. Haggard does talk here about uh, his time in Azkaban a little bit. He says how 
they make him feel terrible and it reminds him of his time in Azkaban um which I found a little bit interesting because I think I think in the last book I, I wondered like you know we didn't really get any information about Hagrid's time in Azkaban and he 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 seems pretty shook by it here yeah um oh I guess I get to it right here so <laughs> So my note just says, so now these three dopes are hippogriff lawyers, <laughs> because apparently <laughs> they have to, like, research, like, case files and find, like, uh, precedent to get this hippogriff off on, uh, you know, some technicality. They're hippogriff lawyers, which is simultaneously funny and also just like, what the fuck are we doing here, book? What are you doing to me? Hey man, just just take it for what it is. Look, it's not the it's not the best. Uh the 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 hippogriff thing later you'll see, and if you may already be seeing it, I, I don't know how far you've read. Um mm-hmm. it does drive some of the story into places that we need to get it. Um but you're right, it's it's not the it's not the best, like that they keep revisiting the fact that they are like essentially lawyers for a hippogriff yes they're, they're, so i get it i get it. hippogriff lawyers but it's it's i will say it's slightly better than the whole dragon storyline from the first book but it extremely reminds me of that it's not a lot better so harry gets the thunderbolt for christmas with uh no card uh of who it's from ron here guesses lupin because he was gone and not in the hospital wing when he was supposed to be ill. Real smoking gun you got there, Ron. Like, the guy can't be sick in his room just because he wasn't in the <laughs> hospital wing. Like, he's obviously <laughs> somewhere else doing some other shit. Fucking goddamn Ron. Um, Here we get... Uh, oh, uh, uh, <laughs> a great mental image of Crookshanks, my boy who it just says was looking very grumpy with a string of tinsel tied around his neck, which I I just have a real good mental image of that. And I just want to make every mention of Crookshanks. She, she brings him in while they're opening their presents and Crookshanks attacks Scabbers again. Um, like he is known to do. And in the confusion, the, the sneakoscope thing comes out again but of course they ignore it like they always have these idiots uh harry here like has some internal dialogue where he thinks scabbers is dying anyway and he's not sure why ron is like so freaked out by crookshanks trying to till kill his rat because he's ron's always talking about how much scabbers sucks and harry yeah. like specifically kind of says himself is like why does why does ron care so much he like hates scabbers <laughs> But he knows Ron will be sad about it, I guess. Um, and here here we go up again. Here's another great part of this chapter. This family slash work Christmas dinner where it's just like the 12 of them, mostly teachers and a couple students, is hilarious. Uh, McGonagall just throwing mad shade at Trelawney like <laughs> all over the place. They are just like... Passive aggressive feuding at this dinner table, and it's real good. Uh, this is the book where where I think McGonagall gets like be, because she starts dishing it out a little bit because yes. you learn of her relation her relationship and thoughts on Trelawney. Yes, she's not just like the strict like kind of 
she's snarky you know right always like always in you know doing the right thing teacher yeah she's like really snarky and like i'm gonna throw shade at you here and i I like it a lot um by the way trelawney i think in the first episode i i mentioned how i I thought she was crazy and kind of cool she has tumbled down the power rankings considerably (laughs) since then she's basically done nothing good since her introduction um in my opinion uh Dumble says Lupin is ill again. Lupin isn't there, and he, he he we get another mention here. He asks Snape if he's made him more of the potion. Some more intrigue around that, which we talked about last episode. Um. Oh yeah, I have a quote here. Uh, this is where McGonagall's like throwing shade at, because uh, oh yeah, Trelawney asks like where Lupin is. And McGonagall's basically like, oh, shouldn't you know, Trelawney? Like, I thought you had the sight or whatever. <laughs> and uh, Trelawney comes back with, well, certainly I knew Minerva, she said quietly, but one does not parade the fact that one is all-knowing. I frequently act as though I am not possessed of the inner eye so as not to make others nervous. That explains a great deal, said Professor McGonagall tartly. <laughs> <laughs> this back and forth between the two of them just being catty is real hell yes good. it's um, so good i love her i yeah. love her to death yeah she's real good she also has another good one-liner here because uh trelawney made a big deal about there being 13 of them and it's unlucky and whoever got up from the table first was sure to die or something like that and ron and harry go to leave at the same time and she's like which one of you stood up first and McGonagall <laughs> says, I doubt it will make much difference unless a mad axeman is waiting outside the doors to slaughter the first into the entrance hall. Uh, McGonagall's just like throwing zingers at Trelawney the entire dinner, and it's real good. Yes. Um, I'm glad that you enjoyed that. Yes, I, 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 I enjoyed that a lot. Um, so here's where we get the the... The the really the frame of the relationship between Hermione and the other two. Uh, Hermione is freaked out about Thunderbolt. She's like, "This thing's suspicious. Who would you gotta get you-? you gotta stop calling it a Thunderbolt? You know I'm not going to though. <laughs> I hate you. You know I'm doing it on purpose. <laughs> I know, but it just it comes off so like yeah. No, this is what I meant to say. I said it and I meant it. Okay, You're I'll give you one. Nazgul. Or Thunderbolt? Nazgul. Nazguls are way cooler. Call it the Firebolt. So I can keep calling Dementors Nazgul is what you're saying? Yeah, fuck yeah. Okay, fine. Fine. Compromise. We're all about compromise here on We Don't Wanna. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, yeah. Okay, so Hermione's freaked out about the Firebolt. Um, (laughs) She's like, this is way too suspicious. Uh who would just send you this this thing's crazy expensive she thinks it's like hexed or charmed or whatever to try and kill harry not a bad way of thinking is yeah is legitimate concern hermione genuinely obviously cares about harry and is genuinely concerned for his safety uh but the other two dopes harry and ron just don't get that like at all um so basically hermione tells mcgonagall that she thinks the broom was sent to Harry by Sirius Black, and McGonagall agrees. They take the broom away to inspect it. Uh, so, so here's the thing, Zach, that I want to ask you. You who 
loves this book so much, but has also said how much you don't enjoy the Quidditch portions of the book. So far, like 90% of this book has revolved around the whole Quidditch Cup. So, okay. I I am fine with Quidditch as a vehicle. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If it's taking you places. I don't particularly care about reading the Quidditch chapters. Like, I don't... I don't. I don't necessarily enjoy the 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 Quidditch like game to to read it. Okay, so it's more just the actual like Quidditch matches themselves. You don't. Yeah, enjoy like reading. I just. I don't. I. I mean, shit, man. I may get fucking lynched for this, but like, <laughs> I don't think. I don't think J.K. Rowling's great at writing the Quidditch matches. I. I just don't think that that they're they're not like enticing or. It's, I. I- it's, I yeah. will give a little credit where it's due here. I think the one upcoming against Slytherin, which is I think the last chapter here in this in this bunch we'll be going over, was probably the best one. Like yeah. there was actually a little bit of action, like a little bit of excitement in that one. All the rest of them have been, yeah, just like completely a non event for me, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's really what it is. Um but I, I understand that it's just another layer for them to have so that that can turn into a vehicle if, if they need it to, you know, to, to sure. get them somewhere in the story. Sure. So that that's fine. I, it just, you know, the, the actual act of Quidditch and reading them playing the sport is like, eh, it's whatever. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. All right, so here we get into Chapter 12. Um, this is Wood... Uh, <sighs> We'll get a couple good wood things here. This dude is just obsessed. Like, <laughs> yeah, he is. Only think about one thing. I, th- I think Wood needs to get a get a girlfriend, a boyfriend, whatever. He needs a distraction. Like, he needs somewhere Quidditch to put his wood. love. Quidditch's <laughs> life for my boy Wood here. Uh, <laughs> so he's Harry tells him, you know, he got a fireball, but it got confiscated by. McGonagall and he's like oh I'll talk to her Harry I'll make her see reason a firebolt a real firebolt a firebolt he says firebolt like 33 times in two sentences uh he says she wants Gryffindor to win as much as we do just more evidence that McGonagall is betting on her house hell yeah dude so much like McGonagall's gambling problem is maybe my favorite part of her character (laughs) Uh, Hell yes. Head cannon, maybe, but also, you know, you got to read the subste- subtext here. Real cannon. Yes. Head cannon. Head cannon for sure. Real cannon, very plausible. Also, definitely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> definitely. So, uh, Trelawney is now teaching them palmistry, and she loses no time in informing Harry that he has the shortest lifeline she has ever seen. Trelawney is just doom and gloom all the time when she's not bickering with McGonagall. Uh, Like I said, Trelawney quickly tumbling down the cool character rankings. Um, Harry and Ron wonder what is wrong with Lupin. Oh yeah, this this was interesting. Uh, Harry and Ron are like wondering what's what's up with Lupin, and Hermione says she knows, but then they're super shitty about it because they're mad at her for the Thunderbolt thing because they're just constantly being shit heels to her now. So she doesn't tell them and just kind of storms off. So 
I'm curious what Hermione knows that we don't know yet. Um, Lupin is going to teach Harry the Patronus charm to fend off the Nazgul, and they'll practice on a Bogart, which I, I don't understand this Bogart. This, they call it a shapeshifter, but it, it apparently has all the powers of the normal Nazgul. That's not a shapeshifter that at that point, if you're gaining, you're just... It's a, it's a ditto. It's a ditto? Okay, that's right. It's, okay. oh, it, it's a ditto. You just completely explained it to me in a way I understand. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> speak in so, your language, man. So, yeah. So the Bogart not only just shapeshifts, it also gains all the powers of the Nazgul. Yeah. And, Scott, it's a ditto. And sucks his hat. <laughs> yeah, okay, I get it. I'm trying to finish my explanation here, you dick. So... Yeah, Harry fails the first time and gets fucked up. He's, you know, hearing his 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 mom and now his dad like talking and screaming too. Um all this all this asshole Harry cares about is this damn Quidditch match. Like it's not like, oh, these things could kill me. It's not, oh, this is terrifying. This is something I, I don't want to happen to me anymore. It's just, oh, I can't fall off my broom in another Quidditch match again. Uh yeah, yeah, I I, I am I will I I am okay with the fact that that is something you're upset with because it is also something that I'm like that's this is not where your head should be at. Right. And it's fine that that's like that's Woods whole thing. Like I'm fine with that because I I get that more. Yeah. But 2 minutes ago, well, last chapter it was like Harry was obsessed with black and killing black and that was like interesting. And now all of a sudden all he cares about is the Quidditch match instead. And it's just like I'm getting a little whiplash here from Harry that's that's super fair look Harry Harry is um is a teenage boy sure uh and you know I think just latches on to things and I don't want to say this in a way that I'm like making an excuse uh because I don't think the book does a great job of explaining why he's going so back and forth so I get it you know what I mean like sure he's frustrated but I guess I can understand the Quidditch thing because he is a teenage boy who plays on a sports team. Sure. He's like, this is this is all that matters. Right. But, but you're right. It, it The fact that that is put so up front does take away a little bit from how deep and depressed the last chapter and like right. the last like, you know, emotional trauma thing that we experienced with Harry uh, was because now, now it's like it doesn't even matter. Right. And, you know, you're right. Harry is a teenage boy and any teenager, you know, we were all there. They're stupid. We were all stupid. When we were oh, teenagers yeah. <laughs> once. And, and I get that. It's just, I guess my problem with it is him caring about Quidditch just isn't interesting to me. Him caring about killing Sirius Black is interesting. So, right. I, I don't have a problem with the reasoning for it. It's just, you just want to hurry up and right, get there. I just, it's, it's a little more lame, I guess. That's fair. Um, so he gets a little bit, he does it like three times, uh, Lupin lets out the Bogart, he gets a little better on the third try, and Lupin says that's enough. Uh, Harry asks Lupin if he knew James and Sirius, James and Sirius, and Lupin kind of bristles at the mention of Sirius here, and he's like, well, why would you ask me about Sirius? And Harry's like, well, I, you know, I know James and Sirius were friends. And Lup- Lupin, I think, does say he knew both of them. But he doesn't yeah. really elaborate. Um, 
there's there is an interesting bit here. I don't know if I have a note on this later, but I do remember this specifically where <clears throat> Harry is almost having I may get into this later, but kind of this internal struggle of he doesn't want the Nazgul to kill him, like suck all the happiness out of him, but hearing his parents' voices when they're like like screwing him up, like attacking him or whatever, is like actually like he wants that. And that's kind of it's like fucked up. Right. It's really messed up. And it's a really interesting internal struggle he's having of like this is like really like injuring me and like weakening me and all this stuff, but I I get to hear my parents' voices. And it's like that's that's like that's really good. That's a really interesting struggle. And I don't remember if that was here specifically or later, but I did yeah. want to make mention no, no, of it's, that. It's here. That's um, that's fuck yeah, dude. I'm I'm glad. It's the the reason that I okay. The reason that I love this book so much, and and I because like I haven't disagreed with any of the the bullshit, right? Like mm-hmm. the the stuff that that you're saying is is weak. Because right. I I can get that, but the reason that that this book really turns it on for me is it makes things it 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 makes things matter more. Like sure. it makes things have more substance, and it's just like damn, dude, like sure. that that is crazy. And I just feel like it levels up from book one and book two to to make us feel those things. Definitely, and and I wish. I guess my big problem so far, and and you know we'll get into this more, is I wish it focused on those things more. Like I'm, we're getting those little tidbits of them, but so much of these chapters, as we'll see, is like their little feuding group. You know, we're mad at Hermione and Crookshanks, like bullshit, and I'm just like. And, and being hippogriff lawyers. And it's just like, I, I don't care about any of this shit. Get me back to, you know, Harry's dark internal struggle for wanting to kill Sirius Black and, you know, wanting to hear his parents' voice and, and that stuff. Um, so, look, I've got to give you this because at the beginning, let's see, I think it was maybe in our second episode of, of the Harry Potter series. Mm-hmm. You, were, you were very frustrated that... Uh, that the story had one plot. It was just like A to B. That's oh, it. Sure. And now, and you're now, say I'm a hypocrite. now there's the now there's other things around your one plot and you're like, I fucking hate it all. I just want one plot. I just want to know about Harry. Listen, but if you're asking get- for any kind of consistency from me from week <laughs> to week here. <laughs> no, but look, I I'll, I'll throw you a bone cuz like you're right. The the subplot stuff here seems irrelevant. Um we just need to keep we just need to keep reading right, and, and right. get and get through the rest of right. the book. Um cuz I I know what you're feeling and I know why you're feeling it. I I hope there will be some resolve when we're done though. Definitely. And like I said, I hope so too. Um and we'll get there eventually and I reserve the right to be like, okay, hippogriff lawyers A plus, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> I don't think we'll see that, but okay. <laughs> so, so yeah, so Harry is training hard for Quidditch and learning the Patronus. Hermione is training, keeping up her multiform technique and her sixty classes. Uh, Ron is doing nothing but being a bitch. Uh, that's the entirety of that note. I don't even know what that's in relation to, but... He's just salty about yeah, scabbers. Yeah, Salty is putting it lightly. Um, 
<laughs> Another good quote from Wood here, talking to Harry. He says, because he's he's talking, telling Harry about his conversations with McGonagall about getting the firebolt back. Says, told me I'd got my priorities wrong. Seemed to think I cared more about winning the cup than I do about you staying alive. Just because I told her I didn't care if it threw you off as long as you caught the snitch first. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, the way she was yelling at me, you'd think I said something terrible. Wood, just again, with the one-track mind, does not care about Harry's safety or uh, Harry's well-being just as long as he gets the snitch first. Uh, I would, <laughs> I just can't help but cackle at him in his one track mind. It's a pretty good Britishism too, uh, because he says that she got a bit shirty yes. with me. Yes. I can't believe I didn't have a note about that. Cause I did love that. Uh, I don't, yeah, shirty real good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Here's where I bring it up. Harry is bad at his Patronus because he secretly wants to keep hearing his parents' voice. Um, I knew I made, I had to have made a note about that. Um, yeah, that's, that's interesting. That's like some really messed up shit where it's like, he can't get better at the Patronus because there's part of him that wants the Bogart to like mess him up so he can hear his parents' voice, which is really, really some dark shit. It's, it's heart shattering, dude. It's, it's heavy stuff. It is for sure. Um, so (laughs) Lupin... Lupin's continuing to be a great all-around guy. Says he has complete confidence in Harry. He's like, here, you've earned a drink. Something you won't have tried before. Butterbeer. And Harry, because he's an idiot, is just like, oh, butterbeer. Yeah, I love that shit. And Lupin's like, how would you have had it? You can't go to Hogsmeade. And Harry tries to cover, but he's lame. He's like, oh, yeah, Ron and Hermione brought me back some from Hogsmeade. That's not super relevant to the story. I just thought it was funny how lame Harry is. Yeah. He's <laughs> not a good liar at all. You can tell Lupin just does not buy this at all. Yep. Um, Harry asked Lupin what's under a Nazgul's hood. And Lupin here tells us all about the the Dementor kiss. Is that what they call it? Yes. Um, where they just like that's their ultimate technique, their ultimate weapon, um, their spirit bomb, if you will. They just their unspirit bomb. The what? Their unspirit bomb. Unspirit. Ooh, ooh, that's pretty good, Zach. Not bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's the unspirit bomb because they just straight out suck out your soul. Uh, he and Harry's like, oh, so it, they kill you. And Lupin's like, no, 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 much worse than that. You can exist without your soul as long as your brain and heart are still working, but you'll have no sense of self, no memory, no anything. There's no chance at all of recovery. You'll just exist as an empty shell, and your soul is gone forever. Uh, Again, I would just like to point out that these Nazgul, for being on the good guy side, seem like really messed up creatures um yeah yeah man they're they're hardcore dude they are hardcore they're they're a dark species yeah. uh i think they're really interesting i think they're they're a cool a cool thing <laughs> unspirit bomb is pretty good zach uh <laughs> so lupin also mentions here that the ministry has given the dementors permission to do it to black when they find him to to do their dementor kiss or whatever 
and Harry is like, cool, good, he deserves it. And it's like, damn, Harry. Um, Harry very conveniently gets his firebolt back right before the match because, of, of course, course, he does. He does. McGonagall wasn't going to let him. This is, okay, this is even more proof, actually. This was her playing the odds. The odds makers had to have been like, oh, Harry doesn't have a broom. He's got, like, these clean sweeps or whatever. Like, they've confiscated, <laughs> they've confiscated yes. his firebolt. The match odds would have skewed way in the favor of, was it Ravenclaw they're playing here, I think? Mm-hmm. Way in the favor of Ravenclaw. So McGonagall could get real good odds, place all the bets she wants. Then she puts the fix in, gives him his firebolt back. The corruption. The corruption here is great. I love it. Hey, that. I can get behind it, man. I, I support it. Hell yeah. Of course I support it. Um. Oh, wrong. <laughs> this is... This is more uh, great Circadigan stuff. Neville can't get back into the tower. And he's like, no, I just forgot the password. (laughs) A likely tale, roared Circadigan. Good evening. Then he spots Ron and Harry. Good evening, my fine young yeoman. Come clap this loon in irons. He is trying to force entry to the chambers within. Uh, Circadigan, always funny. Always a good time. Um, It's a good password, too. Is this the Fibberty uh, Gibbet? It's a uh, Odds Bodikins. Some somewhere along the line, it's Fibberty Gibbet, and I'm like, okay, all right, all right, book. <laughs> yeah. Um, Harry goes. He he's trying to make up, make good with Hermione, and <laughs> we almost come so close to getting an explanation of what arithmancy is here, which is, you know, all I truly care about is I want to know about the undead numbers. Um, but Ron ruins it. When he finds Scabbers gone and there's blood on his sheets and cat hair. And I just, I hate Ron already all, so much. And now he's ruined the arithmancy explanation and I hate him even more. Um, <laughs> and that's. This is the uh, why muggles need electricity, you said? No. Um, she's, she's telling him, Harry, how much she loves her arithmancy class and she's about to start explaining it. And then that's when Ron busts in and freaking out. Oh, and gotcha. There's like, also there's also a section where she's like doing her Muggle Studies essay. Yeah, and it's like why Muggles need electricity. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I do. I still continue to find it hilarious that she's taking Muggle Studies when she grew up as one for so long. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and that's the end of chapter twelve. Any anything I missed here that you want me to touch on, pal? No, uh, nothing, nothing really to dive in more. Just, um, I, I'm a little surprised that you didn't seem as like super bought into the, uh, to the Lupin, Harry, everything there. That's, that's one of my, this is one of my favorite chapters. Uh, I just, I love it. I mean, I talked about that a lot. Well, yeah, I, I just, I think you were talking more about like what Harry's thinking, like in his head about, you know, um, you know, wanting to hear his parents voice right and stuff like that but i just i i love it because i i'm such a huge lupin fan yeah i just love love him teaching harry it's so cool to see that relationship yeah i I love it yeah listen i i love lupin a lot he does a lot of cool things um always seems like a good dude genuinely wants to seem to help harry and everybody um and yeah like i mean i found his his explanation of like the the nazgul stuff like super interesting and you know how 
when he told Harry Black is going to get his soul sucked out, how Harry was, like, happy about that. Is I mean, yeah, listen, any scene with Lupin is a good scene for me, mostly, I think. We shall see. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, we shall see. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Chapter 13, Ron and Hermione are no longer friends because of the whole Scabbers incident, and I might hate this more than the flying car. It's just that's not true. I dude, I'm just like I don't care about your high school drama bullshit. I especially don't care about anything to do with Ron and his dumbass rat who he hates but is like making a fit about. God, how anyone can defend this character? Because you've told me there are Ron heads out there. How there are Ron defend, heads out there. How anyone can defend this character boggles my mind. He is yeah. such a shitty person. Um, because yeah, they're like even friend George here are trying to cheer him up, and they're being like, "Dude, you always said you hated scabbers. Like, what what is wrong with you?" And Ron's like, "Well, he bit Goyle that one time. That was kind of cool." And Fred, <laughs> very sarcastically, <laughs> oh, dude, this is such a good line. Unable to keep a straight face, it specifically says his finest hour let the scar <laughs> on goyle's finger stand as a lasting tribute to his memory <laughs> so good dude fred and george continue to um kill it every every time they're um doing anything would again this dude just one track mind uh, so the, the Ravenclaw seeker is this girl named Cho Chang. Apparently, she had been injured previously, but she made a full recovery for this match. Wood is not pleased about this, dude. That's you can't do that. You can't wish injury on the other teams. <laughs> like I played sports. That's just something you don't do. That's dude. Cho not. Chang is is a problem, man. Oh yeah, we'll get into that. We'll get into the Cho Chang Ch- Chang nanigans. That was a terrible. <laughs> Um, fuck. My next dude. note: Quidditch gambling is a thing confirmed. Percy and his girlfriend have a bet on the game, and also she might have sabotaged the firebolt. There's like, I think Percy was just making a joke, but she does like hold it or something. And then when she leaves, I love this so much from Percy. Harry, make sure you win," said Percy in an urgent whisper. "I haven't got ten galleons because <laughs> he bets <laughs> ten galleons on the match." And then he's like, quickly after she walks off, he's like, "Harry, you gotta win. I don't have that kind of money." <laughs> it's so good. Uh, so yeah, Quidditch gambling definitely a thing. McGonagall definitely has the fix in. Um, this whole system is corrupt, and I love it. Yeah. I mean, how, how how could it not be, you know? Right, exactly. Um, and it's corrupt from the top, Dumble, given all those extra points at the end of the first year. Oh, Dumble's definitely a little, a little corrupt. Definitely, definitely in on the whole thing. Um, so, yeah, here we go. Here's, here's the Cho Chang shenanigans. So, only girl on their team. Uh, shorter than Harry, but Harry couldn't help noticing, nervous as he was, 
that she was extremely pretty. She smiled at Harry as the teams faced each other behind their captains, and he felt a slight lurch in the region of his stomach that he didn't think had anything to do with nerves. That's your (laughs) dick, my guy. (laughs) That's your little wee-wee telling you what's up, buddy. Harry's pee-pee's like, hey, buddy. <laughs> hey, who? Hey, who's this Cho Jang girl? <laughs> yeah, you got to listen to that, buddy. You know. They, oh, so I love man. this so much. Ravenclaw's whole strategy is just let's use this seeker girl that Harry has the hots for. Uh, distraction by cute girl. Uh, very, very sound strategy. It would probably work on me. Um, you don't think it's a little funny that uh, the only Asian character we have so far, her name is Cho Chang? Listen, I mean, I wasn't going to comment specifically on that. You know, there could be Asian characters that had other names that I just didn't know they were Asian. I'm only <laughs> reading the book, Zach. <laughs> it's funny. No, this this is a common, like, Harry Potter fandom's like, ah, it's a little, like... You had to go with Cho Chang. She had to use alliteration again. You know, she <laughs> she has to use alliteration with every name ever. Cho Chang. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Cho Cho's great. So yeah, Harry Harry needs to listen to his dick. Um here. <laughs> McGonagall constantly screaming at the kid that does the uh the commentary is also very funny. Uh this this idiot Jordan, his name is, I believe. Uh, Lee Jordan. Yeah. Can't shut up about... Uh, f- now I'm confused. Is it Firebolt or Thunderbolt? It's Firebolt. <laughs> okay, Because <Firebolts. laughs> I, I have it both ways in my notes. Uh, Firebolts. He cannot shut up about how great Harry's Firebolt is. And McGonagall, in all caps here, yells at him, Jordan, are you being paid to advertise Firebolts? Get on with the commentary. Much like Zach is getting paid to advertise the Harry Potter uh, Illustrated Edition um, every every episode, I think Lee Jordan here is in with Big Firebolt. Yeah, which reminds me, use code uh, <laughs> Harry's Little Wee Wee <laughs> for fifteen percent off. <laughs> This podcast is going downhill real fast. <laughs> it's uh, garbage, dude. We're garbage, man. <laughs> it's, yeah. Or it's going uphill, some might argue. Yes. So, Harry's little wee-wee shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get a shirt that just says Harry's little wee-wee? <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's make this happen, dude. Oh, God. Okay, so... So the Ravenclaw, yeah, I kind of already said this. Their whole strategy is to use a cute girl to distract Harry. And it almost works. Um, Harry sees the Nazgul and shoots his load at him. And then the the Patronus, by that I mean the Patronus, he shoots his white silvery load at them. And then grabs the snitch to win. Um... It turns out they weren't actual real Nazgul, but Malfoy and his cronies dressed up uh, to try and throw him off. 
and McGonagall fucks their shit up. She like goes off on them, gives them detention. She's she was like, man, this could have lost me a lot of money if this scheme had worked. <laughs> uh, I'm not having that. Yeah. Um, she's not not ha- having it. Um, so the Gryffindors are all celebrating. Harry and Ron are still being dicks to Hermione, and she runs off crying because they suck, and I hate them so much. Um, so this is that night. Ron, they wake up like to yelling. Ron claims Sirius Black slashed open his curtains with a knife and then ran off. Um, they go back down. There's a big commotion in like the Gryffindor common room. Fred comes in and he's like, oh, excellent. Are we still having a party? Because <laughs> he wants uh, to get the party back going like it was earlier in the night. Um, Percy, <laughs> this is real good. Everyone back upstairs, said Percy, hurrying into the room and pinning his head boy badge to his pajamas. The dude can't go anywhere without this head boy badge. Dude. <laughs> Even in his jammies. It's He's he's so annoying, man. Freaking Percy, man. Uh, it's real good. Uh, McGonagall comes in to yell at them, tell them to get to bed, but it turns out Cadigan had let a man through. They're like, no, ask, ask our portrait keeper or whatever person. Um, and Cadigan's like, no, yeah, I totally let a dude in. He had the whole week's passwords written on a note. He read them off to me. Ugh. Thanks to, uh, you guessed it, ah, frickin' Neville. Neville. Fucking bitch-ass Neville. <sighs> Damn Neville. What a, what a dumbass. Um, yeah. Neville sucks. Neville sucks. And, and here- have we talked about this? We have. <laughs> Uh, several times. In fact, I think talk about it some more. I, I think at the end of the first book, <laughs> I made a real big deal about why anyone would give any points to Neville is beyond me, unless the fix was in. Um, yeah, yeah, no kidding. <clears throat> so yeah, that's the end of that chapter. Uh, start of chapter fourteen. I'm I'm big upset here. They fire Sir Cadigan from being the portrait thing. This this is not his fault. He he did his job. They had the password. He let him in. Why are they firing him? It's that fucker Neville's fault. Which also McGonagall also very furious at Neville. He like gets big in trouble. He's like got yeah fifty three detentions or something ridiculous. I can't remember what all it was. I but mean he deserves it, man. He does yeah. deserve it. But I'm I'm still just mainly mad that they fired Sarkadigan from being the the guard there. Not not his fault. Justice for Sarkadigan. That's my platform. Free Cadigan. Free Cadigan. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag free Cadigan, Hashtag guys. Let's start this Cadigan. thing. Sir Cadigan. Please, Sir Cadigan. Hashtag free Sir Cadigan. Um, so so I, I'm skipping around here a bit, I think, in my notes. Ron and Harry go to see Hagrid, and Hagrid tells them to quit being dicks to Hermione. Um... I think Hermione just needs better friends because these two suck. Um, Harry hasn't been that insufferable this book. R- Ron really is is the fucking. He's problem. really insufferable, but also like Harry kind of goes along with Ron too much about the whole rat thing. And he's I don't. Also- I just don't think at that age the the accountability is there. Like he's not. He's not like to him. Ron's his ride or die. You know? Sure, but he's also mad at Hermione because the whole firebolt thing. 
Yeah, because he's an idiot. Right. You're right. Harry's an idiot. Okay, yes. moving on. <laughs> Again, Hermione needs better friends. She deserves better. She uh, does. Hagrid, because they're like, oh, her cat ate my rat. And Hagrid's like, you're mad at her because her cat acted like all cats do and tried to eat a rat? Basically, yeah. Hagrid's like, are you a fucking idiot, Ron? <laughs> yeah. uh, Hagrid here, yeah, is just like, she's cried. She's crazy busy. She's got too much to handle. But she's still managing to help him with the hippogriff. Uh, man, I feel so bad for Hermione here because she's like obviously got too much on her plate. She's bit off more than she can chew. She's trying to help Hagrid being a hippogriff lawyer on the side. And all this while, her friends are just being, her two best friends in the world are being complete assholes to her. Um, man, she, she deserves better. Um, oof, this, this is, this is a stinger of a line from my guy Hagrid here. Wait, can I do my Hagrid voice? I, I gotta get back into yeah, Hagrid do it. character. Let's uh, go, man. I need it in my life. You're a lizard, but I gotta tell ya. I thought you'd too. I can't. I lost it, dude. I only can do pirates now. <laughs> dude. It's sad. It's a sad are Look, that's in, our entire audience is just giving up on us Giving now. up because I You can't. don't have a good Haggard voice. This is I not going to work. I know. I thought you'd too value your friend more than broomsticks or rats. That's all. Man. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty all that right. Was it was right. still pretty piratey. It was still pretty piratey. <laughs> But man, what a stinger of a line. Wait, fuck. I didn't even hit. What was the line? <laughs> I'll have to say it normally. I got to tell you, I thought you two would value your friend more in broomsticks or rats. That's all. That is good, man. That's Haggard tells it like it is good. sometimes. So they pretend like they're going to make up with her uh, to Hagrid. And then immediately they start being dicks again um, because... Harry and Ron are like, no, yeah, we're going to Hogsmeade because screw consequences. And Hermione's like, no, what? Don't do that, Harry. Ron, why are you encouraging Harry to go to Hogsmeade? Sirius Black is trying to kill him. This is serious. And she's like, yeah. if I have to, I'll tell McGonagall. And I'm just like, Harry, you dipshit. She's trying to protect you. Which he just does not understand because he's a teenage boy. I get it, but it's nonetheless insufferable how shitty they are to her. Um, and I think they even are like, "Okay, Hermione, we won't go," but of course they do. Um, <clears throat> Harry gets hung up by Neville and then Snape as he tries to sneak out uh, with the Marauders map thing. Snape says, <laughs> "Snape's like, hey." You two quit hanging out here where you're not supposed to be. You should go back to the dorm. And I suppose, Zach, you're going to tell me this is him abusing children as well because you have a Snape hatred that I don't approve of. No, this is fine. <laughs> this is fine. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Um, <clears throat> Harry goes back and goes anyway, uh, uses the invis invisibility cloak uh, to get there. Uh Use the invisibility cloak to dick with Malfoy and Hogsmeade, which is a real dumb move because it immediately gets pulled off of him and they see him. Um, so he has to sprint back to the school, barely gets inside. Snape catches him, takes him to his office. Uh, and Snape, great line here. 
Uh, this is what Harry does not seem to understand at all. Snapes tells him, So everyone from the Minister of Magic downward has been trying to keep famous Harry Potter safe from Sirius Black, but famous Harry Potter is law unto himself. Let the ordinary people worry about his safety. Famous Harry Potter goes where he wants to with no thought for the consequences. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's it's it's uh it's pretty good. Serious much like Hagrid, spitting hot fire, the the real truth here. And Harry and Ron, more specifically Harry in this instance, are just too hard-headed and dumb to see it. Uh Harry here tries to come back with like, "Oh, I know why you hate me. It's cuz my dad saved your life, blah blah blah." Thinks he's all cool cuz Dumbledore told him some shit. And Snape's like, oh, really? Did the headmaster tell you the circumstances in which your father saved my life? Or did he consider the details too unpleasant for Pressure Potter's delicate ears? Your saintly father and his friends played a highly amusing joke on me that would have resulted in my death if your father hadn't got cold feet at the last moment. There was nothing brave about what he did. He was saving his own skin as much as mine. Had their joke succeeded, he would have been expelled from Hogwarts. And I'm like, oh, freaking tell him, Snape. Preach. Preach, Snape. (laughs) I love it because this little asshole Harry deserves it. He needs people to tell him what's what because I think I've said it before. I can't remember if it was last book or this book. I think it was this book, the beginning of this book. Harry's getting real big for his britches, where he's all like, I've faced Voldy twice already, and I fucked his shit up. Why should I be worried about serious black? Yeah, no, that's uh, that's fair. Uh, that does, that you know, it gets to Harry's head a little bit, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Snape. So, yeah, this is interesting. We find out, yeah, a little bit more about the circumstances around, you know, James saving Snape's life and I mean I I have to assume Snape's telling the truth here I I don't imagine this is like him just you know feeding Harry a line about this I don't know no it's 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 uh it's truth yeah I don't know if there's more to the story like than just this but I find that interesting that apparently James Potter and his friends were kind of bully dick bags it sounds like um so this is where he he gets the map he put he makes harry empty his pockets he gets the marauder's map and when snape tries to like read it use his wand on it and stuff oh it just insults him it's so good he's like hey you have greasy hair you dirtbag basically or something like that um and snape snape's big mad about this he calls lupin in to look at it because Lupin is the dark arts uh, teacher, and he's like, obviously, Snape's like, obviously this map is dark magic or whatever. Lupin here, covering for Harry, when I don't think he should, but even later it seems like he also is like kind of mad that he had to. Um, Lupin claims a joke shop item, uh, and here we get Ron busting in and is like, no, yeah, it's a joke shop item, I gave it to him. Uh, so Lupin kind of finagles him out of Snape's office, this this was interesting. Lupin says the makers of the map would have found it entertaining to lure Harry out of the castle. Says he met them. 
So this Mooney, Looney, Junie, and Toonie, or whatever the hell it is, <laughs> uh, Lupin has met these people, and Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs. If you say so. <laughs> um, that they apparently like either are still alive or have some sort of will in the map, and they're like purposely trying to lure Harry out of the castle because they find that entertaining. This is just a little weird and interesting to me. I I, I hope we get more on this because Lupin kind of just mentions it offhand. Mm. Um, yes, very good. Very good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Lupin tells Harry, don't expect for me to cover up for you again. I cannot make you take Sirius Black seriously, but I would have thought that what you have heard when the Dementors draw you near would have had more of an effect on you. Your parents gave their lives to keep you alive, Harry. A poor way to repay them, gambling their sacrifice for a bag of magic tricks. And it's just like, damn. First we get Hagrid, Snape, and now Lupin, like, spitting hot fire. And honestly, I don't think any of it is getting through to Harry. At least not yet. Uh, Maybe he'll listen to one of them eventually, but... He seems to be completely oblivious to everything these people are telling him, which is maybe, you know, maybe that's the way I need to look at it. Maybe him on this kind of self-destructive path that he's on is is the interesting part of it. But I could get behind that more if it was more focused on him being self-destructive and doing all these things as a way to get back, get revenge on Sirius Black. But instead right. it's just him being self-destructive because he wants to go to Hogsmeade, because he wants to be good at Quidditch. And it's yeah. like dumb reasons, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's... Uh, oh, no, one more thing here at the end of Chapter 14. Hagrid lost his case. They They see Hermione and she's crying. And they're like, what's up? Hagrid lost his case. Uh, Buckbeak will be executed. And that is the end of chapter 14. Um, anything I missed here, buddy? No. No, that was that, that was uh, straight to it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, last chapter here for this group for the day, uh, chapter 15. This is mostly uh, this big Slytherin versus Gryffindor uh, championship Quidditch match, but a couple things here we'll we'll get to. Um, Buckbeak's impending death brings the crew back together. Hermione apologizes to Ron for Scabbers, but very uh, <laughs> clear to me, he does not apologize for being a dick. Um, never says he's sorry, at least not in the text here. And instead, he's just like, eh, he was old and useless, and maybe now I'll get an owl. So it's like, again, you had, like, no legitimate reason to be pissed off. You wanted to be pissed off just because you're a dick, Ron. Yeah, Ron sucks. He sucks so hard. And I, uh, it's, he's, that may be why I was so down at the beginning of this discussion we had, is because Ron is legitimately starting to ruin some of this experience for me because I just dislike him so much and how shitty he is to Hermione. Um, but here, this is pretty good. Hermione coming up big as usual. Malfoy is being a little prick about Buckbeak being executed and Hermione slaps the ever loving shit out of him. Oh yeah. And then tops that off by threatening him with her wand and he runs off. Hell yeah, Hermione. 
Dude, uh, Hermione's a baller, she's dude. She's great. She's so she, good. She's so good. Um, but all that being said, she, she seems to be breaking down a little bit here, and I'm I'm concerned. She sleeps through charms. Uh, she gets mad at Trelawney in their divination class and storms out. She's she's fully done with that BS. She's she's not having it anymore. Um, but yeah, it, it's pretty clear her multiform technique is is wearing her down. She's almost <laughs> out of MP, if you will. <laughs> she, she's running low on her mana. Uh, so <laughs> this rivalry between Slytherin and Griffey, as this match approaches, is getting a little out of hand. They're, like, trying to injure Harry in the hallway. There's, like, Slytherins, like, trying to, like, trip him and tackle him everywhere he goes. And they have to, like, basically give him Gryffindor bodyguards. Yeah. Uh, this is, like, so unnecessary messed up. Like, I played I played sports. I, nothing, like, fancy. I played, like, intramural sports in college. And never once did I, like, try to injure some of my fellow students because I thought that would get us a leg up in our next game. Uh, it's That's so messed up. Harry, uh, <laughs> this this is a good little gag here. Harry can't sleep the night before the match. He's dreaming that he had overslept and that Wood yells at him, where were you? We had to use Neville instead, <laughs> <laughs> which is really amazing because um, that's like that's like a fate worse than death, having to use Neville um, for anything, let alone the, the championship Quidditch match. Uh, okay, this, this, here we get a little interesting tidbit. Harry's looking at his window and he sees, sees Crookshanks, Crookshanks alert, uh, out the window near like the edge of the Forbidden Forest. And then he sees the Grim, the like big black dog or whatever, comes out of the Forbidden Forest and like joins Crookshanks and they like walk together for a bit. Harry like tries to grab Ron to be like, yo, come see this. But then they're gone. They disappear. Harry here, it doesn't seem to really be clear if Harry... Harry isn't sure if he was, like, hallucinating or, like, still asleep or what's going on. I think this actually happened, but I'm like, what is going on here? Did I... I can't remember if we talked about this, but in the first episode of this book, did I talk about the theory that... Crookshanks maybe is like a McGonagall situation, like an actual witch or wizard just in disguise. You did. Okay. It's a it's a pretty bold prediction. This makes me think of that again, where I'm like, hmm, Crookshanks. Crookshanks seems like more than an ordinary cat at times, and it's stuff like this that I'm like, hmm. It's a good observation, Scott. Yeah. I can't remember if I discussed that out loud or just had that thought while reading. No, so. yeah, we, it, we, we, we did talk we about did. it for okay. a little bit. Good. Interesting. We shall see. Time will tell. Um, so we get into the Quidditch match. A very violent penalty-filled Quidditch game here. And like yes. I said, I think this was the most interesting one to read. Uh, at one point, Malfoy grabs Harry's Firebolt, which apparently is illegal. Uh very illegal apparently because everyone's freaking out about it lee jordan the commentary yells you cheating scum um and he's he's 
<laughs> he's he's screaming this into the microphone all while like running away from he thinks McGonagall because McGonagall keeps getting on to him as she always does. But apparently this is so egregious or she has so much money on this match that McGonagall doesn't even care about his commentating anymore. She is also screaming uh, <laughs> at him. <laughs> <laughs> she was shaking her finger in Malfoy's direction and shouting furiously, uh, which is pretty good. Uh, she's got to make that money, dude. She's, she's got to make, make that money. money. She's she's big into this game. Um, <laughs> Life savings, man. Yeah, Harry catches the snitch. The end of this is Harry catches the sniff. It's the sniff. The sniff. The sniff. The snitch and Griff is what I meant to say. Wins the cup. Hooray. Uh, there's a good quote here from the book. Professor, Professor, my God, what is my speaking? Professor McGonagall was sobbing harder even than Wood, wiping her (laughs) eyes with an enormous Gryffindor flag. (laughs) And I love this image of her just winning this fortune that you know she won. Um, Yeah, it's, uh, did you watch, uh, Tom and Jerry? Yeah. When you were growing up, sure, you know, like or like the the classic like um, cartoon where like their eyes like instead of pupils, it's like ching and like, oh, it's yes, like the yes, dollar sign. Yes, the dollar sign. Yes, <laughs> that's what's happening. That right is now. definitely what's happening. Uh, so good, good for them. They finally win the Quidditch Cup. Uh, everybody's so happy. McGonagall because she made bank wood because he literally only cares about Quidditch and nothing else in life. Uh, Harry because he seems to waffle back and forth on what he cares about every other day. Uh, yeah, big, big, big victory here for them, and and that's the end of chapter fifteen. Like I said, there there wasn't a whole lot aside from the match in that one. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just to kind of wrap up here, I will say. I may have been a little harsh starting this episode on on the book as a whole. Discussing this now with you, going over things, there was there was a few more interesting things than than I thought there were, and and things I'm intrigued by. But I still say all the like Ron and Harry being shitty to Hermione for several chapters like was just extremely grating on me. Like, yeah, I just it it was ruining my experience with the book. And like, you know, I (laughs) I kept making joke about them being hippogriff lawyers. Uh, But even that stuff, it was just like there wasn't a ton of that, but it was just like so like, oh, this is it's just like, you you know, it's going on, you know. Right. And and you just don't care for I get it. Yeah. And it's just like. We we did get some good stuff. Like I said, so Lupin, Hagrid, Snape ha- had are are really seemingly making an effort to like set Harry straight in their very different methods and ways. Hagrid, you know, from a place of like genuine concern and love. Lupin is kind of like a mentor, and Snape is you know more of an adversary. But something tells me each of them does have Harry's best interests at heart in their own way. And Harry just does not seem to, like, be willing to acknowledge that or, you know, accept that. he He's just in his own little Quidditch slash Chang Cho world. 
Chang Chang. Wait, did I say Chang Cho? Cho Chang. Cho Chang, dude. Cho Chang. Um Yeah, I I don't know. What do you th- what do you think here, pal? I mean, I think I think you're not far off of the spot, you know. It's um Look, I I I don't apologize for Harry. I mean, he he's he's not he's not the brightest. Um <clears throat> he's got a cool story and that's about it. You know, but he he's kind of dumb. Right. Like like I said, I think I could have been way more into this if this is like I said Harry's like kind of self-destructive path, but him wanting revenge so badly on Sirius Black. That is way more like I feel true and compelling and interesting than like I said him just oh I want to go to Hogsmeade and with Ron and hang out with my buddy and throw mud at right. Malfoy or that's fair that's fair you know there, that kind of thing so he, here's I'm gonna say this and I and I don't I'm trying to decide right now if I think that this is okay to say um yeah I think it's fine this this book and and the Goblet of Fire, the next one, mm-hmm. um, they they kind of walk the line of like trying to remind us that these are teenagers, sure, like going through school as well. So we get a little bit of like the, you know, I mean, this whole bullshit with like Ron and Hermione right, and like right. them fighting with each other right. and whatever, right? Like, you know, Harry starts to notice, you know, his little wee wee and. <laughs> It's it's just like it's waking up, you know. Yeah, Harry's little wee wee. <laughs> yes. Um. So yeah, yeah, we're gonna get a little bit more of that, and and if if that's not your favorite, if you're not interested in that, then you know you'll you'll have to power through some of those sure. sections because it is, it is how it is. Right. Um. But th- I think there's a lot of great things that are happening uh, all around that as the story continues moving. Hopefully, you will see that through, and hopefully, you'll feel the same way. But um, yeah. I, I I get I get what you're saying for sure, and you know, listen, like I said before, and nobody hopes I enjoy these books more than me because you know I wanna, <laughs> I would much rather have fun with them and be enjoyed with them than being obviously miserable reading them. So, and, and you know, I can be down with you know the the YA, the young adult high school, you know, bullshit and shenanigans we've we've talked about before on here how like the dumb high school episodes of Code Geass uh, is some of my favorite <laughs> yes. shit, even though it's yes, like so Code corny Geass. and lame. It, but it's just, I think specifically, the more we talked about this, I think what was just rubbing me the wrong way was just how manufactured it seemed. It was like Ron and Hermione have, or sorry, Ron and Harry have like no legitimate reason to be so shitty to Hermione, but they're just like doing it anyway. And I guess maybe that's, you know, that's just maybe teenagers, I guess, you know, that's true to real life, but it just, it it just, it wasn't interesting or enjoyable or compelling to me. Um, And I would have much rather spent more time, you know, diving into Harry's psyche about like him struggling with, wow, I can't do this Patronus good because I actually want to hear my parents' voices or, you know, I yeah. want to murder or see Sirius Black murdered, get his soul sucked out by, you know, the the Nazgul. Like that stuff, whereas like those little tidbits where it's like, yes, this is this is interesting. Give me more of this. So So this next batch batch of chapters finishes the book for us, right? That, no. That, that's the plan? Oh no. No, no. Um 
that's what I said I would <laughs> I would have liked to do. But I think there's still like seven chapters left in this book. And okay. I'm assuming there's some of the heaviest, densest chapters. I mean They are. Yeah. That that so, that was how it was in the first two books, you know. So I'm assuming big things happen. I don't know if this one will be the three batch or the four batch. I guess I'll decide that once I start taking my notes and seeing how much there is. But yeah, still still playing on two episodes. So finish. I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a prediction here. Okay. Um there's gonna be one specific uh driver at the back end of this book that I do not think that you're gonna buy into. Mario Andretti. Yes. <laughs> do you get it? <laughs> yes. Um I don't think I don't think that you're gonna love. Okay. Uh, but I think, I think that, um, you're going to have a lot more of the, Ooh, Oh dang. Okay. Like kind of those types of, uh, reactions, but, but you're still going to be like, but they had to do that. Right. So I uh, am known to say, Ooh, Oh dang. Okay. From time to time. So yeah, let's, let's hope. Speaking your language, man. That it is. That's that's my white boy language. Um, <laughs> well, golly, <laughs> G. Wilkers, ain't that swell? <laughs> um, yeah, that'll that'll wrap us up here. Uh, thanks for sticking with us, guys, and listening to me bitch about how much I hate Ron mostly. Um, but yeah, I, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If you haven't already, check us out on social media at We Don't Want a Pod. And check out our other series where Zach is journeying through One Piece if if you're into that kind of thing. And hey, tell a friend. Uh, it helps us grow our audience, and we would greatly appreciate that if you are enjoying what we do here. And we'll see you again next time. <laughs>